Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello again, and welcome to Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy. I'm your host, certified sex therapist Lori Watson, author of Wanting Sex Again, and blogger at Psychology Today and WebMD. And I have with me Dr. Adam Matthews, my co-host, who's a couples therapist, psychotherapist, and president of NCAMFT. Foreplay is dedicated to helping couples keep it hot. Thanks for listening. Now on to today's topic. Welcome to Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy. This is your sex therapist, Lori Watson, and my co-host, Dr. Adam Matthews, is playing on vacation. So, you just got me today, and we are going to talk about sexual pursuers, which if you've been listening for any time, you know that is me as well. You know I'm in utter sympathy. Uh, We're going to explore all that idea, what it really means, and how you manage this so that you get more sex, more sex that you like, and more intense sex. But I would like to say something. I have a bunch of old friends who listen to me, and I'm so grateful. And I wanted to just say a little shout out to, hey, Deb, hey, Jen, hey, Karen. Love you guys. Thanks so much for listening. And also, we have blown up. This last month, our listenership was up by 53%. I mean, we are blowing up, and we are so grateful to you for listening. And obviously, you are sharing with your friends. And thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Uh, I looked at the globe, and of course, the United States, we're so strong here, and you're such great listeners, and our home state is really strong. But gosh, Alaska, you guys are smoking hot up there, even if it's cold. I mean, you are listening to Foreplay and Canada. Thank you. And the United Kingdom, we've got listeners in Russia and Africa, the Middle East. I mean, just it, it's just phenomenal to me. Germany is super strong, and we've got friends in Germany, so maybe you guys spread the word. I just want to thank you all. And, you know, please go ahead and rate us and review us. I know we, we ask for this a lot, but I'm telling you, you have really helped, and we are so grateful and so knowing of how much you've done this last month for us. Another exciting thing we have going on is we are developing a series, a video series. Adam and I are going to help you in your journey towards sexual wholeness and partnership, and um, we're really starting to tape this, and we're just so excited about it. We'll be offering it soon, so I'm not going to give away too many details, but just 
hold that in your mind that that's one of the offerings coming up. And just follow us on social media to hear the updates. Um, by the way, I had somebody, I don't know if you remember, but uh, a couple episodes again, we were talking about premature ejaculation. And I was saying, I want to he- see everybody raise their hands who feels this way. Of course, I was joking. But somebody tweeted me a little picture of a person with their hand raised. And I just want you to know, I really do interact on Twitter. I didn't get back to the person and I can't even find that tweet anymore. But it was so funny. I laughed hysterically when I saw it. So please interact with us on social media. We're on Facebook and we're on Twitter and it's at Foreplay RST. So thank you again for following us. I want to talk about the sexual pursuer. And part of my research, as you know, I'm doing my doctoral research, and it's about this pattern in relationship that is the withdraw demand pattern. It's the withdrawer and the pursuer, or the distancer and the pursuer, or the pursuer-distancer problem, right? We talk about this all the time, that this interferes with our attachment with our partner. It interferes, frankly, with our attachment everywhere and with our relationships everywhere. And one of the things I'm finding that is just an aside is that if we can change that, it actually improves health, it increases pain tolerance, and if you get a chronic disease Actually, it it changes the course of the disease. It's so powerful to change our attachment and our attachment patterns that everything in our life changes, our literal health changes, and, of course, our sense of security and love in the world changes. And sexual pursuers, I mean, I think that in part this is the person who needs more, right, who wants more. And it's not the same. I'm not saying that a person who likes sex or doesn't like sex is the difference between pursuit and distance. Actually, pursuers are people who pressure about sex. It's not that they like sex more or that they like that they are more sexual. It has to do with the way they pressure their partner, that they're asking for more, that they're demanding more. And so pursuit, even though it sounds a little more positive than withdraw, is actually pressure. And that is what messes up the dynamic sexually. Uh, And I would say every sexual dynamic that gets in lockdown is the result of this pursuer-distancer dynamic. Oftentimes pursuers use sex in ways that in normal relationships is fine, Uh, They use sex to soothe anxiety. They use sex to go to sleep. They use sex to motivate themselves. And that's great. But sometimes they're overusing sex and maybe underusing their partner in other ways. For instance, they know that sex will calm them down, right? But they could be using their partner emotionally as well, turning to their partner and saying, you know, I need to talk something over. And that would kind of free up the sexual relationship to be more about desire and excitement and less about being used in this other way, which it's fine to use sex in multiple ways in relationships where it's working. But if you're in a relationship caught in this demand withdraw cycle or pursuit distance cycle, then we need to find other ways that alleviate the pressure on the sexual relationship so it's not burdened, so that it's free. You know, it's great as a sexual pursuer to initiate and innovate, but the problem comes when the initiation becomes a demand that is like critical or filled with anxiety. And that's when this whole thing goes into a toxic cycle, right? 
I think the problem in relationship, in every relationship, is this demand-withdraw cycle that happens. And it actually triggers in our partner when we as a sexual pursuer or any kind of pursuer, and I'm congruent, which means I'm both emotional and sexual, it triggers in our partner this sense of utter survival. Like, oh my gosh, the sexual distancing partners feels a, a sense of freeze, like they're locked down. They feel like they're a big disappointment to the pursuer's request. So for instance, if you get out of bed and say, that was wonderful, that was awesome, you know, when can we do it again? I mean, I'm just, that was, we hit it out of the park. Let's do it tomorrow morning. I know what you mean. I totally get what you mean. But your distancing partner hears, it's not enough. I never satisfy them. I'm not good enough. And they start to feel on the inside this activation of physiological arousal, not the good kind, but the bad kind, right? It's the bad kind of arousal, which is, I'm not good enough. I don't measure up. No matter what I do, I can't satisfy them. Whereas you may be happy, you may just be making a good suggestion. But if you know you're in this cycle, you have to have awareness that those benign suggestions actually are read by your partner in a different way. They're read as criticism. And so it behooves you, because you're the one who wants more sex and wants more exciting sex, to actually limit those comments to times that are appropriate. So sometimes pursuers hear from me that I'm telling you, you can't ever ask for what your needs are. You can't ever bring up your needs. You can't ever make a request. You can't, you just got to shut down, button up, shut up, and tolerate your dismal sort of paltry offering from your partner, right? That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that you have to find a way to communicate needs that are direct, um, to talk about them from a vulnerable heart that talks about need and wishes and desire in a way with a low tone and a grateful heart that doesn't trigger your partner's survival instinct, right, that makes them withdraw and back up. And it's a task. And you may be hearing, oh, Lori, you know, you're always talking about what we need to do. Why don't you talk about what the distancing partner needs to do? And I will. And Adam will be back. And he will help me in our next episode talk about this distancing problem as well. So I'm not leaving out your partner. I'm not saying there's nothing that they can learn. But there is something for the pursuer partner to learn. So from a distancing partner's perspective, the pursuing partner is hard to please, right? Uh, distancing partners, they want that gold star. They want to know that they made you happy. And you may say, but I want them to enjoy sex. I want them to be excited about sex. It's like, you know what? Let them feel what they want to feel. Let them feel what's important to them. Let them have their own mind. I think as pursuing partners, we tend to overwhelm the space with us. Uh, we tend to like crowd out the other. And so we need to be very careful that their motives for sex, what they get out of sex may be very different. And what I have known as a therapist for the last 30 years is that distancing partners want to please. So we need to respect that. And we need to let them know, like, I'm pleased. This makes me happy. This last time was great. And then that's it. No suggestions. Also, one of the 
big flaws for the pursuing partner is that they project that their spouse or their partner is withholding. And right, this this dynamic of thinking that your partner is purposefully not giving you what you need becomes very toxic on the inside. We start to say, oh, yeah, you know, I've asked for it. They know I've asked for it. They clearly don't care about me. They clearly are withholding. And it starts to stew and brew on the inside. And it's like it, it becomes this toxic part that sours us and makes us feel like our needs are never going to be met, makes us feel desperate. And much of that we do to ourselves, right? It's our own thought pattern. Rather than telling ourselves this is an other, they have their own world, they have their own needs, their own way of approaching things that is maybe alien to me. It's like we make it up that they're doing it on purpose to us. And I know, I know, because you've talked to me, you've told me, but they are doing it on purpose to me. You know, they are withholding. But, and maybe sometimes, right, we all have a little bit of a mean genie inside. Every once in a while, we, we twerk our partner. But overall, the way to approach it, especially in the sexual conflict, is to believe that your partner has the, your best interests in mind, even if you, you know, kind of have to force that. Believing that your partner wants to please you, wants your best interests, is a better approach at life than believing that they're out to get you. And, you know, we are heteronormative here. I know we talk a lot about heterosexual couples, but both Adam and I treat gay couples and lesbian couples, and we know that this dynamic is present in every relationship. It is present in the sexual relationship. It's present in the emotional relationship. It's present in every gender orientation that there is. It's present in every relationship, in our families, with our children, with our coworkers, with our colleagues. You know, this demand withdraw uh, issue is kind of the root of all the problems in relationship. And what we want to do is move from demand withdraw to a more benign communication pattern that has mutual benefits in our minds. So we, we want to hold the other as a win-win you know, proposition. How can we find a win-win proposition? And that changes us. Okay, I'm going to be back in just a little bit, and we're going to talk some more about who the sexual pursuer is and what we need to do to make it better. This is Lori Watson, your sex therapist with 4Play Radio Sex Therapy. Thank you so much to all our Patreon supporters. Right? Yeah. Patreon is a platform where you can directly support things that you love. We really want to expand the resources that we can be able to provide right. to you as our listeners. If you know our work touches you and our work helps you, we would be so grateful for your support. Just go to our website, foreplayrst.com, and there you can find a way to support us, and you can see our episodes and our blogs. And thank you so much, guys. Speaking with certified sex therapist Lori Watson from Awakening Center for Couples and Intimacy. Lori, what is an intensive? So an intensive is 12 to 14 hours of therapy all in one weekend. And it's a way to really make fast progress compared to weekly therapy. I mean, there's just so much more you can get done when you have a chunk of time. Overcome the challenges in your relationship and your sex life. Learn more about intensives and Awakening Center's other services at awakenloveandsex.com. 
At Matthews Counseling, we believe it is our job to come alongside you in whatever difficult challenges of life you are in and help you rediscover hope and to find the strength that you have to face those challenges. We strive to create a safe and comfortable place for you to explore who you want to be and identify the obstacles standing in your way. Oftentimes, the first step toward finding help is the hardest, but it can also be the bravest. Give us a call at 919-587-8018. Find us online at matthewscounseling.net. We look forward to working with you. Okay, I'm back with more sexual pursuit and talking about, you know, who the sexual pursuer is and how to mediate that so that we resolve our sexual conflicts. I want to say one more thing is that, you know, in all of us, and this is something that I want you to consider, is that we all kind of have this fantasy of an omniscient, all-knowing partner who meets our needs without being asked. And this is truly the fantasy of the pursuer, is that if my partner loved me, they would touch me, they would make love to me, they would seduce me the way I like it, and they would know how to do that. And they would be available right when I'm available, right when I need to give to me. And I hate to break it to you, but this is an unrealistic fantasy, right? This is the part of us that has a fantasy of mother, right? When we were infants, if we came from even reasonably secure homes, mother changed us, fed us, held us, and answered those needs. And as a baby, we fantasize that our mother was always there and all-knowing because somehow or another she met our needs, and we didn't have language. We, didn't, we couldn't tell her. And so we, we long for that symbiosis again. And in some ways, the, the difficulty with the pursuer is the acceptance of otherness, of saying, no, you, you can't possibly read my mind. You can't possibly be on the exact same track with me when I'm in the mood that you would be in the mood. And it's kind of a grief process that we have to come to. It's like that's never coming. And people say, well, I did have it, right, right when I was dating. You know, we, we always wanted it at the exact same moment. And all I can tell you is it's a special time. People set aside a special sexual season in their early beginnings that that just can't exist side by side with raising a family and earning a living. It's, it just takes up too much time and energy. And so it does, unfortunately, get relegated to a more segmented part of our life instead of all-encompassing, that sex is more segmented. So one of the ways as sexual pursuers or emotional pursuers that we can address this is by grieving our losses, our fantasy loss of a partner who's always in sync and always in tune. And wouldn't that be awesome? And people always say to me, so shouldn't sexual pursuers marry sexual pursuers and shouldn't emotional pursuers marry sexual uh, emotional pursuers and wouldn't that solve everything? Well, I hate to break it to you, but there's this deep magic and sexual pursuers marry sexual distancers and sexual (laughs) emotional pursuers marry emotional distancers. It's just the way it is. Um, We're only attracted to the other. And it's like this, this deep magic that actually makes us more whole in the end if we will resolve this. Even to sexual pursuers, to people who are hot about sex, over time, there's a differential. Even to people who are great talkers, over time, there's a differential. So we kind of have to give up that fantasy of sameness 
and accept that differences over time actually mean excitement. And, you know, when you're in the locked in the power struggle, it just feels dismal. It feels miserable, like, ah, the differences here are killing me. But sameness is actually worse. Differences, once you resolve them, you know, what they bring to the party can be exciting, even if it is uh, not what you thought you wanted. So this is what we do, is as a pursuer, we have to become an uber safe space for our other. We have to become the person that our partner likes. Sexual pursuers tend to say, tell me what you like in bed. Tell me how I should touch you. Tell me all the secrets, right? All the secrets that will turn you on and make you like sex all the time. Actually, the secret is becoming the person that they like, not becoming the sexual technique, not having the sexual technique that they like, but being the person that they like. Because oftentimes, sexual distancers are just, they, they feel the need for safety. And they feel the need for that emotionally. They want to have an emotional context. So if you're a sexual pursuer, you know, you got to arrange your day. Like, how can we have that cocktail hour to sit down and talk over a glass of wine? Is it after the kids go to bed? Or is it, you know, I go out on Tuesday night for just an hour. You know, hire a babysitter for an hour and go meet your spouse for cocktails and download the day. And then go out again on the weekend so that your partner has a sense of your undivided attention, right? Put down the phone. Sexual pursuers need to accept progress without airing their anxiety. So this is, when the ship is turning around, it's really slow. Once you've made your needs known to your partner and they start to respond to that, it's like the sexual pursuer wants it to be different automatically, right away, quickly. And ships take a long time to move and you have to watch kind of the trajectory. Is it going up or is it going down? And you have to be okay with progress instead of an instant change. And this is what the distancer always says. No matter what I do, I can't make them happy anyway. So every time they move towards you, you you have to notice it. You have to catch it. You have to comment on it. In the same way that you are attuned to commenting on the negative, actually to change the direction of the ship you have to catch your partner when they're doing good, when they're changing something. The, the way they express themselves, the way they sighed, you say, oh, you know, that was so great. It turned me on. It was awesome. The way they maybe initiated. Maybe it wasn't perfect, but they did say, hey, you want to do it? And it was like, wow, that's fantastic. Don't coach them in how they could have done it better. Just notice the change and don't air your anxiety about how your partner might have been more attuned to you. So in the past, I was working with a couple who really made some huge changes. And the pursuer, the sexual pursuer would come in and say, yeah, but my partner is only changing, Lori, in response to what I'm asking for. Okay, I want that to sink in. My partner is only changing in response to what I'm asking for. Somehow or another, that made it not spontaneous and not genuine. And she was afraid that her partner, this was actually a lesbian partner, uh, would go back to the way things were. But many people change out of love, out of response. And as a sexual pursuer, you may be oriented toward sexuality, toward the excitement, the delight you feel in your body, and 
And that in and of itself is exciting and motivating enough. And you want to share that. And and I get that. But your partner often is motivated in a different way, motivated to make you happy, right? We've been talking about this. And so what we want to do is accept their differentness and just be grateful for the change that it comes. In this case, the partner was starting to initiate and also starting to actually bring up the things that she didn't like about their lovemaking style. So sometimes when the distancing partner reengages, it's actually with a bit more voice and there is a bit more conflict. That tells you, my sexual pursuer friend, that things are on track. So it's funny, but as the ship changes and the direction changes from demand withdraw, the withdrawing partner actually has to become a little bit more critical and a little bit more demanding themselves. It balances it. So think of it as a good thing. And this is one of the things that women tell me all the time. You know, I told I told my guy what I really like. And, and he said, no, 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 he knows what I like. Okay, distancing partners whisper. They tell you once. And if you don't pick it up, they're not going to tell you again. So you have to be really attuned to the way that the ship changes and the withdrawing partner actually reengages and tells you what they like. That reengagement is is super important to catch. And I think sometimes it can just switch topics, right? They've reengaged sexually, but they haven't reengaged in terms of their time management or something. And so as a pursuer, you have to be careful not to turn your critical attention to the other thing. Right. Once you once you get the one thing that you want, don't keep looking for the bug. Don't keep looking for the fault. Accept that it is moving in the direction that you want and just keep reinforcing that. I think that as a sexual pursuer, what I would suggest is meditation. And you're like, what in the world, Lori, does meditation have to do with sex? But meditation is this powerful moment where you don't even have to do anything fancy. You just have to be. You have to sort of not hang on too tightly to your thoughts. Just let them come and let them go. And, and what this does is we become very present to our needs and we become present to the way we are gripping on to our false truths, right? Sometimes what we think is true, right? We think our partner is withholding. We think our partner is not very sexual. Those things can be false. We we. We cannot sort of judge the other. And when we hang on to them, we set in motion this course that is false and creates tension in us. And so meditation is a way to let go. It's a way to just have the thoughts come, the thoughts go. Even spending 10 minutes actually reduces your anxiety in a huge way. 10 minutes a day will bring so much light into your life and space and reduction of anxiety. And I think this is the one thing pursuers need to work on is reduce anxiety and reduce criticism. So if you bring down your own internal anxiety through mindfulness and meditation, that can be awesome. I mean, some people are more faith-filled and they want to spend that time in prayer and that's good. But meditation is slightly different. It's more like letting the things pass through you. It's more like a listening prayer than it is a speaking prayer. You know, think about that. Um, I think the other thing that the sexual pursuer can do is become articulate about your needs and how sex 
funnels those needs into the relationship. For instance, your needs may be, I need touch. And maybe you're a guy and you were raised without really having the language or permission from our culture to ask for touch. And so, you know, you funnel it all into sex. It's like learn to lay down on her lap and say, hey, scratch my head, or would you give me a back massage, or I need a hug right now. Learn other ways to to get those touch needs met if that's what you're hungry for instead of just sex. I'm not saying sex isn't a great way to do it. It's an awesome way to get skin-on-skin contact and to have that need met, but it's not the only way. So I want you to delineate your needs and maybe use verbal expression a little bit more in terms of having those needs met that are not in a sexual way, but in an emotional way or a practical way. So I hope I have given you a sense of who the sexual pursuer is and how you manage it to get beyond the demand withdraw pattern so that we can be healthier, have better sex, have sex that is not caught in the power struggle. Again, remember that the sexual distancer is different. They're your other. And just being respectful of that, you know, helps lift this dynamic. We will be back next week. Adam's back with me. Thanks for listening to Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy. This is Lori, your sex therapist. You can now call in your questions to the Foreplay Question voicemail. Dial 833-MY-4PLAY. That's 833, the number 4, PLAY. And we'll use the questions for our mailbag episodes. Hey, help us stay on top here at Foreplay. We'd love it if you would subscribe and share it with your friends. And please take one sec and rate and review us. Thanks so much. All content is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered as a substitute for therapy by a licensed clinician or as medical advice from a doctor.